It's Monday morning, everyone. Welcome to Kafaru Cast. I've got Frank the Tank across from me, and my good friend, forward slash neighbor, forward slash uh, plow truck guy. <laughs> when I'm in trouble, uh, John Legnard with the Rocky Mountain Bighorn Society. What's happening? Morning, Eric. Morning, Frank. Um, you know, we've been talking about doing this for a while, like a year. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of pandemic got in the way, and so happy to be here. Happy to talk. I don't know, Rocky Mountain Bighorn Society, hunting in general, sheep, mountain goats, raffle tickets, gear, whatever you want. Let's let's uh, let's get get to it. Dive in. So yeah, I was uh, my plow truck. John lives by me, and my plow truck guy, his plow truck broke the other day, and so John was nice enough to plow my driveway, which. I think most people saw you plow my 3D course last year, uh, which we can't do now because I have all kinds of little targets in the way and you can't see them. Uh, like my turkey and coyote, are, they're, I have no idea where they're at. They're somewhere under the snow. So we're not going to do you have, like them. four feet, three or four and feet of snow? Three to four feet. I would say there's, there's, there's definitely drifts in the five or six range, but I'd say on average it's probably three and a half to four. We could really, you know, kind of check those decoys, see how, or uh, check those targets, see how tough they are. The rebar, yeah. (laughs) Well, I was trying to find the turkey uh, decoy, and I dug up, because I forgot where they were, and the first one I dug up was um, the wolverine, and I'm like, damn it, and because obviously practice shooting. Anyway, after I dug up a couple, I gave up. I'm like, it'll thaw, I'll find them later, so. But kind of an interesting uh, story in 2008, I think, my buddy Larry Welchin, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correct, he drew a mountain goat tag. He was 69 at the time. Um, and I went to the, well, why don't you go over, why don't you talk about the, the, the there, there used to be, now it's digital, where you would go in for whoever draw a mountain goat for a sheep tag and kind of an orientation. Yeah, for years and years, the uh, Rocky Mountain Bighorn Society, CBA, Rocky Mountain Goat Alliance, or the Old Goats, I think is what they were called in Colorado, um, they would host a host an orientation with uh, CPW, then CDOW, and they basically had a single day. Sometimes I think it was Saturday in June, and we would get uh, a lot of the biologists together, a lot of the DWMs together, and all these groups kind of came together and said, you know, this sheep and goat um, hunting is really, really special. It's different than deer and elk. It's different than what people are used to. Let's get them oriented. Let's teach them something about the tactics. Let's teach them something about the gear. Let's teach them about scouting. Let's teach them, you know, some of the the special things that it takes, um, you know, aging sheep, making sure you got, you know, goats or male or female, they're either sex tags, but, you know, get, get the guys that have never had a chance to hunt these animals educated. And, I mean, Aaron will tell you that the energy in the room, that it was a great, great day. You're sitting in a room with 200 other successful sheep and goat hunters. I don't know if there's a better group to be, you know, be hanging out with. And uh, Rocky Mountain Bighorn Society, uh, we did a lot of membership there. Uh, we got a lot of new members there. We drove, you know, a lot of business to our, you know, website and our forums through that. And uh, we always raffled off a pair of optics. We're a Swarovski optics dealer. And uh, one of the guys that bought one ticket was this guy, Aaron Schneider. <laughs> and so I won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for those that think, you know, you, you, you got to be a good guy to win. Aaron's proof that, that you don't is, have to that be. That is wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Right. And, and the score, I think you guys had a custom rifle and we had a bunch of stuff, but, uh, I think I put one ticket in for the rifle and one in for the binoculars. And I was actually at the lake that you and I, where we killed my goat, uh, when you got a hold of me, there's a spot up there, you get service on a, a plateau. And then I met you 
in conifer bailey or something yeah, right along 285 so not too far from where we are where we live now but yeah. uh yeah we do the uh, statewide sheep tag the statewide mountain goat tag we've got a statewide antelope tag and then we we'll always do optics and a rifle and it's it's one of our primary fundraisers um throughout the year we do a bunch of different raffles and it's all online now um you know we sell the tickets online to get a you know an email confirmation and picture your ticket and then we draw them this year it'll be in may so we're still so, selling right so now. So get your tickets. Get your tickets. What are, what are the details on the tickets? What are the costs? And how uh, can they get them? $25 per ticket per species. So $25 for sheep, $25 for goat, $25 for antelope. And then we do no limit on the sheep, goat, and antelope. Um, we've sold somewhere between a couple thousand to several thousand of each species. Depends on the year. Um, last year was actually a really good year for raffle ticket sales, surprisingly. Uh, we had to delay the drawing stimulus money, man. (laughs) And we delayed the drawing, um, from our typical banquet, which would have been before the draw results came out to May because of COVID, we thought we might be able to push it, uh, a little bit later. And so in May, when we drew, everybody had their tag results. And they were like, crap, I'm not going sheep or goat hunting. I better buy some more raffle tickets. So we've got a pretty big, you know, online, out of state. You can buy from internationally. You can buy from Canada. We don't, uh, we don't hold it against you. And the best part is when you draw it, you can hunt any unit in the state anywhere you want to go. And I've had the sheep tag, and it's a hell of an adventure. You we won should, before? I won I the state. I just say, we should talk about the horseshoe in John's ass. <laughs> how many ta- – how many, let's talk about your history of drawing <laughs> tags and winning raffles. Um, You'd think it was rigged, you, right? You would think it was rigged. Um, I am a raffle addict, so I think I can say that online now, and everybody's going to understand that. Um, I have been buying raffle tickets in any way, shape, or form anytime I can. My aunt was a big raffler and sweepstakeser, and she would win stuff like we went on vacations to Disneyland. Oh, she won it. Okay. It seemed normal <laughs> to me that, you know, you would enter raffles. Um, I don't care if it's the Boy Scouts selling raffle tickets at King Supers. I'll I'll plunk down five or ten bucks. Um, I think the good luck started when – I met my wife before she was my wife. She you won her on a raffle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mail order. Not, not quite. Uh, but Just she kidding. loaned me $153.25 to get my third preference point. I remember the day I said, honey, I don't, I don't have any money. Can you loan me 150 bucks?" <laughs> and little did she know that was going to set me down a path of sheep hunting. Um, I drew my first sheep tag. It was an archery-only unit in uh, 2000. It was only after my fourth year of applying. My third year, my first year I was eligible. So that was my very first big game animal with a bow, was a bighorn sheep. And I killed it by myself, and it was kind of bizarre because I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. Um, And that's what got me hooked. I mean, I spent 21 days out there looking. I saw two legal rams, and I killed one of them on day 21 of, I think, 27-day season. That'll make a man out of you. (laughs) It will. I mean, I had Tasco binoculars and a Bushnell scope, so, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I had a borrowed bow from my taxidermist, Vince Brown, who was – He'd been putting in for 34 years before he finally drew his first sheep tag, so he was pretty pissed when I drew mine. But <laughs> yeah. I did haul that sheep out in a Kefaru long hunter. No so kidding. That was, yeah, yeah the, I've, I've been a Kefaru fan for an awful long time. Um, it was actually a borrowed pack from my buddy and uh, carried out a sheep with another friend. And uh, from then on, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have Kefaru pack. So I, I actually had, I bought a uh, Swash on my next sheep hunt. So I won a raffle. This is how it goes in 2006 from the Arizona desert bighorn society. And it was a three sheep raffle. And what happened was, is the guy in front of me picked the stone sheep. The guy next picked the doll sheep. And I ended up with a California bighorn and I didn't really want to go on a California bighorn hunt. I did some, did a little research and they're like, "Ah, that's a, that's a camping trip. If, unless you get lucky. And so I sold that 
And then I ended up on a doll sheep hunt in Alaska, in the Alaska range, with the money from that sheep hunt. So, wow. um, so I killed a doll sheep in 2006. Um, didn't win a raffle in 2007, surprisingly, but won the statewide bighorn tag in 2008. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it, it's, it's a bizarre story. Um, so Rocky Mountain Bighorn Society, same thing. They were, they were auction, raffling off the tag. I was off the board at the time. I just served three years as president, six years on the board from my tag in 2008. It really, or 2000, it drove me to really volunteer and step up. And so I was, you know, on stage getting ready to, you know, hand out the auction, pro the, uh, live auction stuff. And somebody called my name and I was like, what, what? And they're like, you won the sheep tag. I wasn't even paying attention. I literally nearly puked because wow. I was so excited. But, you know, at that point I'd made a lot of connections. I knew a lot more about bighorn sheep and that hunt, that hunt turned into the adventure of a lifetime because I could start hunting on August 2nd and I killed my ram on November 20th. Whoa. Um, at about 12,800 feet that's in elevation. That's the photo you just posted, right? It is, yeah. yeah that thing's so a donkey. That's that, a big one. That's a, bi that's yeah. a big one, yeah. <laughs> Aaron prompted me to change my Instagram handle. And it so, was Blue Moon something. What yeah, my, well, that's my real job, so <laughs> yeah. I have to I have to try to keep the two separate. So, um, But, no, so I've, I've done that, and then, you know, that's not the end of the story, Frank. This could go on for a while. <laughs> I went to this thing in uh, Utah at the Wildlife Expo, and they had this, uh, they had this event called the Full Curl Society. And they had so disorganized, didn't know what the hell they were doing. And they put all these tickets for names in the bin, but you couldn't have killed a doll sheep if they drew your name. You had to admit it. And so they drew my name. So I'm like, well, crap. I've already killed a doll sheep. How about a stone? And they're like, mm, no, can't do it. Uh. So they had to throw that one back. Um, fast forward to, I think, 2013. I was at the Grand Slam Club convention in Las Vegas. And they pulled my name for a doll sheep hunt with Stan Stevens, which would have been a great, great hunt, Mackenzie Mountain Outfitters. That's right on the border where I was at. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great hunt, but I was like, crap, I already got a doll sheep. So I started talking to stone sheep outfitters. I got, you know, go to all those conventions, you go to those shows, and you make yourself, you know, you try not to be a pest, mm -hmm. but those guys all have cancellation hunts. Uh, but you have to be ready to go at a moment's notice, and you better be damn serious and in shape and ready to go. Well, I got a call. I think I got a call on Friday that said, can you be here on Sunday? And I was like, I can't be there on Sunday, but I can be there on Tuesday, but I only have this much money to spend. They're like, that's cool. The guy ate his deposit. Come on up. And so I left on Tuesday morning, went on a 12-day stone sheep hunt, and missed. Oh, no. <laughs> not that lucky. No, not, that, not that lucky. But um, two years later, the same outfitter called me back. And he knew we had shit weather. I mean, it's it's the same drill. But I'll tell people, do not give up. If you go on those sheep hunts and you quit, they're not inviting you back. Um, we did 12 days. I think we had rain 11 of the days. I saw one legal ram, and it was not an easy shot, and it didn't happen. Um, I had booked four extra days at the end of the hunt. We came out on horseback. We get to the highway there up by Toad River. And I'm cruising down the highway with one of the guides who came to pick me up. And I'm like, hey, I, I still have, like, three days left. You know, I don't have to fly out. Is there any sheep we can go on, like, a day-long, like, backpack in and try to kill one? And he's like, you just went on a 12-day hunt. <laughs> Your clothes are ripped up. You're all screwed up. But you want to go? I was like, I'm never going to get to go on this hunt again. Let's go kill a sheep. Long and short, couldn't get it done. They invited me back two years later. They had another cancellation, and they said, here's the deal. 
we know you're not going to quit. We're going to put you in a spot that's not a great spot, but we just can't send anybody there. Can you be here in, I literally had, I think I had three weeks. I was like, can you come up in three weeks? I'm like, the answer is yes, let's do it. So I killed a stone sheep um, in 2017. I do not have a desert. Um, I've drawn a U-tag in Colorado. I picked up a leftover U-tag off the leftover list. Wow. With three days left in the season and went on a solo bighorn sheep hunt up in the Zirkles by myself in, I don't know, less than ideal conditions, foot of snow, nine degrees below zero. <laughs> um, that's the one time I wish I had had a bigger backpack. I think I, the swash does not fit a whole uh, bighorn U with the full life-size cape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was it was sliding up. If I'd had the 44 Maggie gave me, I think we would have gotten that done. So. Done it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, lucky like that, but I mean, I play the game. I enter in all the states. I put, you know, I put together tons of, tons of raffle tickets. I've got a giant, you know, spreadsheet at home. Um, not afraid to take those risks on, I mean, I've, I've drawn two nanny Ibex tags in the Florida mountains. I'm not afraid to go on those hunts. I went once completely by myself after I'd been there once. I'm like, that's not that tough. And then this year I drew an archery Ibex Billy tag. <laughs> so I'm like, I think I can, I can get this done. So I spent a lot of time doing a lot of those, I won't say marginal hunts. I mean, that was kind of my, my, there's not a lot of marginal hunts anymore. I, I put in that bighorn uh, ram tag in 2000 in a unit they'd killed one sheep in 10 years so i said i can't hunt unless i've got a tag in my pocket let's do it yeah so yeah so that's kind of my tag history draw history you know killed a bunch of moose i think i've killed everything in colorado um except except the desert and a uh, mountain lion so and i've only been here mountain lion might be doable desert's getting a little rough (sighs) I know desert, all the sheep tags are tough. And, you know, that's why I tell people tag along. I mean, you know what it's like, you go on those hunts with people. It's almost as good as being on your own hunt. Um, I did a list last year. I had 20 friends, family, kids that I knew that had sheep, goat, or moose tags. And I went on six hunts last year. I I had a cow moose tag and I drew a mountain goat tag last year, (laughs) but that got canceled because of the fires. So I know I have a mountain goat tag this year. So, Mm -hmm. I'll be ready to go. So I spend a lot of time analyzing those numbers. Do you have the same tag? Yeah, they gave us it's it's G15 Nanny. Oh, never mind. Why? We found one. Anyway, doesn't matter. When (laughs) you called me the one time, I think I told you where it was at. It was um, you and I found it above that lake. Well, that that was Mm -hmm. when I had the statewide mountain goat tag that I also drew. So, yes. (laughs) Fucking guy. Um, That's funny. G fifteen's not as good as it used to be, from what I understand. It's not, but I mean, people look at it and go, "Oh, I can get a, I can get a tag there." That's probably one of the more difficult hunts in Colorado because it's a four or five mile trek to get to where the sheep are, mm-hmm. and you can't just drive along the highway and glass them. I mean, people are used to seeing them on Mount Evans. They're used to seeing them off Guanella. They're used to seeing them in places that are fairly accessible. G fifteen's a really big unit, basically from. Loveland Pass to Byers Peak, mm. north of 70 there. Uh, population's low on purpose. CPW's trying to keep uh, goats out of Rocky Mountain National Park. So that's kind of the buffer for if they get there, the population estimate, I think, is 20. Yeah. So 20 goats in a... You used to be able to drive up Jones Pass and 
see them on the side of the road. It's not like that now. They're no, thinned out no. pretty good. Jones Pass is a good starting point, but you got to go north or south a ways to get there. I mean, Continental Divide Trail runs through there now. That thing, I'm amazed at the number of people that are out right now. I mean, yeah. everywhere you go, I mean, unnamed 13ers, there's a guy on top of it. You're out glassing. I mean, I do summer sheep counts, and up oh, there's somebody. Up oh, there's somebody. Yes, yes, we found that out the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. The one thing I will say, like volunteering to help for hunts, um, the only downside to that is people that don't like you may turn you in for illegal guiding. Um, the guy, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, because I, like you, I like to just go. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I get it, you know, people might think that, but like with Larry, how can you not like Larry, right? Yeah. Larry, well, nicest guy in the and, world. And he's somebody that needs help. Yeah, and... He's at for 69, I, that hunt, so not to get off the subject, but when we were on that hunt, I was trying to talk him into, I'm not going to say the where we were at, but you'll know when I tell you. Anyway, there's there's cliffs, and the goats were in the cliffs, and there was like a, I think it was a five-year-old Billy, and I'm trying to convince, so I'm at the valley floor to flag him in. I can't find him, and Andy's with us, and I'm like, hey, you want to go down and get the truck because we had moved quite a bit, and then I'm going to go up and find Larry. We're going to kill one, or we're going to hike down to the truck. So I take my fat ass up to the top, and I'm, I find Larry. I'm like, dude, they're right in these cliffs. Let's just get in the cliffs. And he's like, I'm not getting – you know how I am in cliffs, right? I, he wasn't having it. So we're – you know, he's 69 and nice, and he breaks out a ham sandwich, and he's like, I'm just going to sit here and eat them. They'll come out of the cliffs, and I'm young and dumb, and I'm like, oh, fuck that. Let's go in the cliffs. <laughs> So he's eating his ham sandwich. We're sitting there. The goats come right out to us, right? And I'm like, do you remember those photos I had over yeah. there? So it was crazy because I'm pointing like that's the Billy, and it's it's looking at me, and I'm popping my head up, and it was it. he's curious, right? He's like, what's going on? I'd pop my head up and down, and Larry cannot shoot for shit. Like he couldn't hit a stop sign three <laughs> times at 40 yards, and he knows that. He's shooting an MQ-32 with fingers and a whisker biscuit, to give you an idea. He's still shooting that setup. Something similar. I remember <laughs> yeah. we see him at, at Bear Creek. He's shooting fingers in a well, in a compound-type boat. And it's snowing hard at this point. Like I can, And that's not low elevation. That's up uh, there. That's, no, we're at 13 yeah. about. And so he smokes this thing, and and I, I point. I'm doing this, like, but I meant, like, hey, it went down. Well, he thought it was. So his old ass takes off running at 45-degree <laughs> slope. I'm like, oh, shit. He's going to take a tumble. Bad hand sign on my part. I was trying to tell him it was down, and he looks up, and he hardly ever cusses. He goes, what the fuck? <laughs> and I'm like, I was trying to tell you it was down, man. And Good anyway, shot. It was a cool uh, a, a, a cool hunt. And and that was one of, like, maybe my fourth goat hunt I'd, I'd been on. And now I've probably been on 30 or 40. But when you – as you get more well-known and you help more and more people, just be prepared. You're probably going to get yelled at for, have you, have you been, uh, uh, accused of illegal guiding before? No, I mean, it's everybody I know is somebody I've known prior to this. Yeah. I don't take just random strangers. I mean, yeah. the, the most random guy was, um, guy Hank from non-resident non last year, the yeah. kid that I, I think I sent you the picture, him and his dad came out from Massachusetts. Yep. And he called me because he was on the U.S. Olympic shooting team, and somebody that wild sheep knew that I was the sheep guy, and so he just called me and said, "Hey, I got this. I got this U tag in Georgetown, you know, S thirty two. Yeah. And so I said, "I'll meet you up there. I'll show you, you know, some of the ropes. I think it still took him four or five days to kill a U up there with a rifle. But I met him at the parking lot, and they both had Kafaro backpacks. And I'm like, oh, they had it all set up wrong. Their straps. Wrong. I was like, come. <laughs> I was like, this is a free custom fitting. Let me help you out here. And like, oh, that, that feels a lot better, you know. Yeah, that's fun. So and I know he listens to the podcast. He'll be so excited i mentioned his name but you know that the thing is that's a western hunt i don't care if it's a u tag or whatever you get out here and it's big country i mean 
Aaron makes it look easy. You see it on the podcast. He takes some pretty pictures, but there's a lot of pain and suffering that goes into those. They, people just don't realize. Yeah, even where you're at in there, um, which we probably all use the same system for use in that area, but um, which I'm not going to go into because I don't want anybody hounding me, but uh, Larry drew a U-tag in there, an archery U-tag, or it might have been a bighorn. He's old enough. He's drawn the fucker three times or something, but when we were you know, back there, there's that long straight stretch above all those drainages that parallels, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we're just popping over them looking. And, of course, that day we find four rams. Oh, yeah. You're going to find, if you want to go see rams, <laughs> get a U-tag. <laughs> I'm like, Larry, I pro- so we get to the very last, you know, basin, and there's a pile of them on that mineral lick back there. Yeah. And uh, he's like, what do you think? And I'm like, well, since you can't shoot for shit, I think we're fucked. We're going to have to wait, you know. And they got in the, the cliffs. He ended up missing one. It's hard to explain. It's just a different hunt. You know what I mean? You don't get to hunt sheep that often or goats, and so they're just fun to, to go on. And I like photographing them, so it's just as fun for me to go than, than it is to, well, maybe not just as fun, but close. It, it, it is close. I mean, I got the experience last um, last winter, one of my friends who was from the Rocky Mountain Bighorn side. I mean, that's what's crazy. Is like now that I've got this group of friends, I mean, I, I go on a lot of hunts because they call me and say, oh, my, my friend drew or my wife drew, and his wife drew Waterton Canyon. And that is not exactly a tough hunt. <laughs> that is not a difficult hunt. But I will tell you what, it was one of the best sheep experiences to see rutting behavior, to see fun stuff. And we were the only ones in there hunting. And I took my cousin Ryan in there. And I think you met Ryan at your house that yeah. day. Yeah. Young guy, go-getter. He, he just did the, what's the uh, Aspen, the Crested Butte, or Crested Butte, the, the Grand Traverse on skis. Like, he's a triathlete. He is so hooked on hunting. He thinks he thinks Aaron is like a god. He is so uh-huh. excited. He's like, "Can Ryan? Can he? Can he get a bow set up for me? I want to do a recurve now." I'm like, "Jesus Christ! You're just killing stuff with a compound, and now you want to yeah. switch over to recurve." But, but I mean, just watching him get excited about you know Rams button heads and like you know sniffing and lip curling. Anytime you're out there in sheep and goat country is special. And I don't care if it's on the side of I seventy. I don't care if it's in Waterton Canyon. I don't care if it's in the back country. Every time you get to go. That's the pinnacle for me is like going sheep hunting. And I mean, I think my other friend that was in here, Jim, you know, he had that Zirkles tag. He drew the Zirkles as a non-resident. 100% wilderness hunt. 100% 8 to 10 miles into wherever you're going to sheep hunt. And he was miserable. I mean, he suffered the first 10 days. We had, you know, horses the first time. There was a forest fire that started, kind of forced us out of our camp. He was going to shoot a goddamn half curl. <laughs> and I literally was like knocking the rifle out of his head. I'm like, don't you? Goes, I, it's legal. I got to shoot it. I'm like, trust me. We, we, he's like, I can't come back. I mean, you know, he lives in Illinois. He's like, I can't come back. I was like, you cannot shoot a half curl. I was like, I don't even know what a legal half curl looks like. I mean, I was like nervous. I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to let you shoot that. And we came back and he killed a toad, 10 plus year old teeth down to the gum line. And he's like, oh, I get it now. Well, now he's booked a freaking doll sheep hunt in Alaska. So he's like, uh, you're a really expensive friend. What, yeah, no shit. One of the areas where we, we've mule deer hunted, we haven't been there in a few years, but it's got a, it's supposed to have a decent amount. I would not want to hunt that motherfucker with a bow. Like, it's bad. Um, I would say, well, I guess it's probably been five years since we've been in there, but it, it's one of those, and we've talked about it. Like, have you ever seen a ram in there? I saw a couple young ones. Hmm. During uh, summer fishing, we've seen, yeah, just a, like little banana head or whatever you call but them. you go back there, we're nine to ten miles in, and now obviously think the dynamics change as far as the time of year and everything else, but 
I don't, if you had to kill one with a bow back there, you better be a committed man. I mean, you know, when I say that meaning have a horse drop you off with 30 days of shit for the whole season while you're back there. If you look at it on the bright side of things, cause you're not going to see as many sheep as you are elk or, you know, I think what some people, and I'd be interested to get your take on this. I don't think people are prepared to spend the time behind the glass that is needed for sheep. It is, it is unknown to them that a 12 hour day behind optics, binocular and a spotter is very possible. And it could be several days like that in a row. I don't think people are ready for that type of commitment behind the glass. Would you agree or disagree? I would agree. I mean, glassing is probably the greatest thing that I've learned to do for sheep hunting. I probably, when I had my first sheep tag with crappy glass, I was probably moving too much and not glassing enough. Um, Sheep will use all aspects of the terrain. They'll be down on the winter range in the middle of the summer just to go check it out, and then they'll run back to the top. They go into the trees when it gets cloud or when it gets uh, really hot or when they get shot at or when they get shot at they actually i've seen them (laughs) i've seen sheep you know that that transition from alpine to trees where it's like that 150 yards where it's kind of broken you can see up and out you feel comfortable getting out of there i've seen them mow through mushrooms like you've seen elk turn them over you can just see them pawing at the ground pulling out mushrooms pulling out so they're they're pretty adaptable they're not always in the spots that you would think um, great sheep hunter that's passed away. I think you probably knew Al Vallejo. Yeah. Um, he gave me the best tip I've ever had. He goes, if I could only glass one hour out of every day, it'd be between noon and one o'clock. One o'clock, yeah. People don't understand that. I'm like, don't be moving in the middle of the day. I see the I'm like, I'm going to sit down for an hour. I'll eat lunch at the same time the sheep get up and they stretch. They eat lunch. They come out of the trees. You might only see a flash of an ass. You might only see the, the, the you know, curl. But that is an hour when they almost all get up at some point. And it's just, it's one of the most productive times to glass because you've now located them. If you can go after them in the afternoon, great. If not, you've located them, stay there till dark. They always get up and feed. And now you've got a plan for the next day. So glassing is tough. I mean, you know, good glass, good binoculars, good spotting scope. I don't go anywhere without them. I mean, guys are like, oh, I'm just going to bring my binoculars. My guide will have a spotter. Mm -mm. Bring it. Bring your own shit. That's that's absolutely tip number one. If I had if I had to give good tips, um, yeah. I mean, it's sheep hunting is great. I think goat hunting is is right up there. Goats in Colorado, I think, are probably easier than sheep for the most part. I mean, <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> no, I just I've been on a lot of both, and I pretty much guarantee if you can have done a little homework and you can shoot, yeah, we're gonna get a shot the fr- or a stock. Yeah, I've been four days balls deep into a sheep hunt and hadn't seen a fucking sheep. Where oh four? That's <laughs> well, I yeah no. I've been lucky because I've been able to scout a lot. Where mm-hmm. you got a pretty good idea, but um, like you helped out with Phil's hunt, for example. And there was a couple of days we gained and lost ten thousand feet in elevation just from you know you you park at what seventy eight hundred feet or eighty two. You end up at twelve nine or with twelve five, and it, it it's physical. Um, I've got a buddy that. Uh, in California that has like three plus 18 and he put in for that, that unit down there. And he's like, can you help? I'm like, dude, my, I'm <laughs> I a, prefer not my to. Schedule's pretty, <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah. My schedule's pretty crazy. I'm like, I, I can, I said, I'll talk to Frank. And I said, cause it's, it starts the second or third usually or whatever. I said, most well, of the sheep hunts start the Tuesday after Labor Day to keep people out of the hills with the big crowds, but that doesn't matter anymore. No, it, it doesn't. And and I, I said, Frank's familiar with it. We can go down there for four or five days. I said, I'll, well, I said, I'll ask Frank if you draw. And 
He's like, what do you think? And I'm like, dude, you can kill him, but you better be. I was trying to give the same spiel I gave to, to, to Phil. It's like, it is the roughest wilderness I've hunted out of, and I've hunted a lot of them. Uh, and it's the song is where I'm talking about. It'll, it'll beat the shit out of you. I mean, it's just a rough unit, but we've had a few, a few buddies in there, kill a few and a couple that didn't get some, but yeah, I killed one at 186 in there last year, 191. It was something ridiculous. something. I don't know. I haven't seen, I mean, I'm a Boone and Crockett scorer as well. Yeah. When people talk score, I'm like, bring it to me. Let's, let's. Oh, well, I don't know if I want to bring it in. It's, you know, another guy said it was that green. Um, that Sangres, we did a count down there. Um, there was a big die-off. There used to be six or 700 sheep in there. It was yeah. a pretty pretty good unit. You know, when Duplan hunted it, yeah. it was easy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Easy saving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we went in there, and they sent, us up a, they sent us up a drainage, and I swear to God, I may never go back there. We got hailed on four or five inches for four straight hours. <laughs> Lightning. Lightning. <laughs> we couldn't get back to camp. We bailed out and just went down the drainage. And when we got to the trail, we were like, shit, it's exactly halfway from the top and the bottom. All our shit's back at the top. Truck's at the bottom. Let's go back to camp, get our shit. We'll camp out, and then we'll come out in the morning. Well, it was a raging waterfall now. We had freaking bears tracks in our – and the pisser was we had packed in some beer. And our camp with our filter, our water, our beer, and our mess kits – all down in Crestone somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. It, it is bad. It's a nasty yeah. unit, man. It, it's bad in there. It's vertical. Yeah, I just, the, the first time, I think in like 07 or 08, we were elk and mule deer scouting yeah. and saw a bunch of sheep, and then I'm like, oh, and then I started learning more about sheep in there, but people, when they ask me about it, I'm like, look, you got to be extremely committed yeah. um, physically, and uh I said, you know, they'll say like, hey, guys, you know, you can get it done if, you know, if you just stay after it. The Sangres is one area you want to just be more than just staying after it mentally tough because it does beat the living shit out of you. But, you know, when you talk about the different units and everything else, it's not, well, what's your take on this? You cannot, with mule deer, you can probably hike into almost any unit and find mule deer. Elk, you can find elk. With sheep, you got to do a little extra backgrounds you, you gotta you gotta pre-plan you gotta get in there if you can it's gonna be difficult without us or some help the the help help is always good um solo is the worst a buddy is great but you better have a buddy that's as dedicated as you are i've got a good buddy jeff and he's the guy that i go to i'm like hey i got this crazy idea it's like i'm in when do we leave you know if, if it's a if it's a crazy the crazier it is the better we are but mentally like you said mentally being ready for this if you're not I mean, mentally prepared to suffer, mentally prepared to not see anything. There are plenty of units in the state where you may go three or four days without seeing a sheep. Pre-scouting is great, but you have to understand that the sheep change from their August patterns to their September patterns, their September patterns to their October patterns, and snow comes, all bets are off. Um, Duplan and I like to say a good a good six or eight inches of snow really limits where the sheep will be because yeah. they don't want to be standing in snow. They'll be on the open faces. They're like, oh, crap, better pay attention. It's getting to be winter. Let me go out and get some more food. They'll stay out on the grassy patches longer. They won't be in the trees. When you get a good snow, it really does help with your sheep hunting, but it can also keep you out of an area. When you get a snow with goats, you might not be able to go places. That's that's the danger. Yeah. Yeah, the goat thing, can't remember Ryan – well, I won't say it anyway, it doesn't matter, but uh, he drew a, a, a go tag a few years ago and the opening weekend was a blizzard. And I'm like, let's just stay 
home, but he was excited. He wanted to go and we got stuck in a blizzard. It was not cool. And so he just waited a week and then we shot one the first day, the, the next weekend or the next Monday, I guess, cause you can't hunt on the weekends. Yeah. A lot of goats are five days only Monday through Friday to avoid conflict yeah. with the people. And that's the, that's the point of it. If you have two weeks, you'll probably catch a good window in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I drew a fourth season goat tag in G7. I don't care if I tell you where it is. Um, we scouted, saw goats, got in on Monday, didn't see what we wanted, got in on Tuesday, got up on top of the ridge at 13,000 feet and could look to the west. And I'm like, that weather's not looking so good. And the weather prediction was for two to three feet of snow at our house. Yeah. That's not good on those peaks up there. So <laughs> I shot literally the first billy I had a chance at. We started packing it out, and that's when that's when it got shitty. And we said, "Oh, don't ever take a shortcut back to the truck." They're, they're never <laughs> short. I know. Yeah. Frozen at frozen ass waterfall, twenty five foot drop, and my buddy and I, it's either back to the top of the ridge at thirteen, or pick your way through a frozen icy cliff. And frozen icy cliff won out, and we turned around and looked back, and we go, "That was stupid." That's one of those days where your your good decisions are bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shortcuts never seem to be short uh, at all. I, though when people, you know, it's crazy when people draw the the tag, sometimes when they draw them, they're older than Christ, right? I mean, yeah. they've been waiting 20 some years. And I remember being in that, the first seminar I went to, half of the group was well over 55. You know, Absolutely. Plus 60 plus. And, but it's taken them that long to, you know, to draw. And so a lot of people ask, should I get an outfit or should I not? You know, in my opinion, I if you if you're totally blind or whatever, I get hiring an outfitter. It's it's I think goat is very doable without one. Sheep, that that's a harder decision. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, my thoughts used to be I was a big DIY. I killed my first sheep completely by myself. Didn't know what the hell I was doing. A lot of that was stupid luck. The tags are so rare anymore. Yeah, the, but you're from here, though. Let's say a I'm guy that draws here. it. I'm out not of, fr- well, yeah, from here, yes, but yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. You, <laughs> yeah, a guy draws it from Illinois or something. Absolutely, hire an outfitter. Yeah. Um, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, no matter who you are, whether you're a resident or not. Now, I got the numbers. There's 33,000 people applying for sheep tags. We've been lucky. The RMBS has done a pretty good job. I'll give us another plug here. There were 249 sheep tags in 2011. We've bumped that number up to 332. Yeah. in 2021 so that's where the money goes for all these raffles and stuff but we're never going to have enough sheep that everybody can go sheep hunting and so make it you know make it your best effort you know if you want to do it with your buddies if you've been going elk and deer hunting and every fall you see sheep in the same spot or she sheep in the same spot you're doing elk hunting chances are you can go kill one um if you want a better experience and you don't want to stress out about not finding where they go after that opening day because that's a really big thing. You see them in August and September 6th rolls around Tuesday after Labor Day. First shots, boom, they're gone. Where did they go? Outfitter is going to know. Outfitter is going to know to check three or four different drainages on the backside of where you've been seeing them all summer. Outfitter is going to have the gear and have the knowledge to get you in there, to get you a sheep. And if, if the adventure's there, I tell people, do what Aaron does. Go on a hike in the summer with your camera. That's an adventure. That. Challenge yourself to get to 100 yards on a sheep and take a picture. Yeah. That could be a sheep hunt for some people, but, you know, it, it's too valuable of an experience to let it go to waste. Um, I hate it when those tags go to waste. And just so you know, I'm one of the guys that got the Bighorn Society to got to get those tags reissued. Yeah. They used to go in a drawer at Division of Wildlife. And I'm like, what are you doing? Well, we can't reissue. We don't have a system for that. And I got so pissed. I'm like, how many tags? They're like, eh, 15, 20 a year. 15 or 20 a year? That's insane. Yeah. 
So we started, you know, working with them and they got the reissue process going. And that's how I know people that get the call. I had a buddy that, you know, my buddy, uh, uh, Dave got the call on a Tuesday said, Hey, next week we got a sheep tag. Do you want it? And he's like, he called me. He's like, what do you think? Or a goat tag. I'm like, answer's yes. I said, yeah. I've helped seven guys kill, kill goats in there. What do you want to do? We're going to be in the same place. Yeah. Well, I think the goat is much more realistic to do DIY. Um, yeah. the problem is going to be, you know, judging and you know, the male, female portion of it, which you can study a lot. It's still hard. I mean, you, you know, the one thing I've had guys call me, maybe sending a photo through the rifle. Is this a female? <laughs> I'm like, fuck, dude, you need to zoom that shit in. I, you know, but once you, if you get, you know, when in doubt, obviously wait for him to pee. There's a lot of different things, tech tips or whatever, but would strongly suggest if guys are on a tight budget, fly out early and scout if you if you don't think you have quite enough money to hire a, a guide for a mountain goat but you can come out on a $129 plane ticket or or, or drive come out look at the, look at what you're getting into look at what you're getting into cuz yeah. that might make your make your mind up right there like I'm going to put this on my credit card cuz yeah. I can't hack this yeah yeah and no I, and and that that is a very I think um realistic way to look at it because one might one guy might come out and and well let's say what did you draw this year G15. G15. That one's a little tougher. I'd say 15 years ago, I'd say, hell no, don't get a, a guide. Now, I mean, I used to be able to park at Jones and then take a hang a ride in the Ptarmigan. Is that Ptarmigan Wilderness? I think it's Ptarmigan. You can do that big Vasquez, loop. Vasquez, Vasquez and Ptarmigan are up yeah. there, yeah. You can do a big loop and you can see goats the whole way. And it fucking ain't like that no more. I mean, they've, they've limited them down. So I could see a guy drawing that watching a bunch of shit you've done, I've done, whatever, and then get in there and not see a goat. I mean, you got to know yeah. where you're looking. Well, you got to know where you're looking. You got to be prepared to, to, to stick it out. And if they're not there on Tuesday, they might be or there on Wednesday. Thursday yeah. or Thursday. And so don't don't give up. Uh, my brother had that tag as a nanny tag, and he drew it with two points. And they were, man, that hunter orientation people were pissed when they raised his hand because they said, you know, they go, how many years? And they're like 34, 32, 31, two. <laughs> But we got snowed out. We had yeah. we had a really shitty, really really shitty uh, weather pattern come in. We had goats all patterned up, and he did not kill a goat. I actually took the bullets from him on day fourteen, the last day of the season, because I was like, "You shoot that goat on top of that pinnacle, we are never recovering it, <laughs> and we're not going to get it back." And so that's a tough that's a tough call to make, but it's the right call, and that's the thing. I mean, I shot one of my goats, and it fell two thousand feet. <laughs> Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. My goat in BC fell that far. Yeah. It probably fell for three minutes. I don't think it's. I would have loved to have seen it. It fell off the other side. So it was probably some 14 year climbers. <laughs> like, what's that goat doing? It's doing a tumble. Oh, <laughs> shit. No kidding. We, we uh, last year when we shot mine, which is, you know, it's not far, but it was at two and a half miles in there, maybe. Mm. There was a husband and wife in a wedding dress and tux <laughs> all the way back there taking wedding photos. Yeah. They hiked in in their wedding dress, and there was a photographer. And when he and I were making the approach, the photographer went over to Amy and Luke. What's going on? <laughs> and, that, you know, we're up on the, yeah, on the hillside. He was an am. I mean, he was thought it was cool. But with sheep, well, they're not white, for one, so they're a hell of a lot harder to find. Um, the hidden pockets is probably the like the easiest way to explain that if you've never been back there to find the hidden pockets by the time you do find it you've probably blown them out because you didn't know it was a hidden pocket which they go once they go into timber and archery season it's kind of a bitch um you really want to hunt them i do anyway above tree line uh when you're talking about like that hour you know for me it's 11 to 1 when yeah. we found phil's between 11 and 1 
they just you might only catch one and and, and one might move out but you but found a, you found you found it yeah yeah and and you have to figure a finding a sheep well the one time with with Phil and Braden and I I I come up and I about silhouetted myself on the ridge line and do just, not skyline yourself yeah, it's bad there's one thing you learn from this podcast <laughs> do not yeah. skyline yourself yeah uh well I pop my head up some I hit the ground I'm like they're right there and they can't find them and I'm like okay go down the knife edge ridge yep see the boulder field yep you see below that the bristle comb yeah I said you see the boulders below the bristle comb you're yeah. talking about people spotting from across the way to, and, to find them yeah find them in the glass you can't you even if you tell them where they are they can't find well them. I was like those boulders are sheep and they were like, oh, shit, because they look like rocks. But with binos at 1,000, 1,200 yards, it's a little bit different. Well, at that point, we're 7,800 feet we took off. I think we were at 13.2 when we spotted them. They were probably at 12.7. And that lightning storm came in. And what was crazy, just to let everybody know what you're getting into in this specific unit, especially Omni, he thought he was going to die. That lightning storm came through. It's got to be one of the worst places in, in Colorado, at least, so, for lightning. As you can, you know, you know how those drainages are, oh, right? Yeah. So I low crawl down to get eyes on, and I'm like, hey, I'll let you know, because there was one goat path where it looks like they'd fed up, and so Phil got on that, waiting for him to come out. Come out. They're literally six hours, and I'm fucked. I wore prototype gear. I was testing. It's snowing. <laughs> I'm curled up like a little bitch in a ball, and I'm I'm pinned down now because I, I've come too far forward to go back without potentially the, blowing them blowing out, them out. Yeah, which was totally my bad. Well, they're going right to fill. They've closed the distance from 180 to probably 104. Lightning strikes 100 fucking yards. 250 in front of me. 100 from the sheep, and they scatter. This is like basically nine hours of pain. We've waited for this moment and lightning hits oh. and it just, that's how sheep hunting works. It's one of those things where a guy says, I've been elk hunting three times. I'm good on gear. It's like, mm. well, <laughs> maybe not, you know, uh, it, it, it's just a fun or more adventurous hunt, I guess. Yeah, it is. And I mean, the lightning is real. Um, when we were in the circles, my buddy Jim, we were sitting on top of a pretty good pinnacle looking down a bunch of drainages. And there was a there was a storm, but it wasn't close. Like, I've been close, close. And he's like, I'm going down. I'm like, ah, oh, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. And it started coming a little bit closer. <laughs> <laughs> he bails off. And I'm like, all right, if he's not going to be here, there's no sense in me being here. We get down to the first saddle, and it is a deluge. And that kid you not, there's a bolting strike, bolt of lightning that strikes right where we were sitting not 50 and he's like see i told you i'm like we didn't die yeah. <laughs> like my wife would kill me if i died right now oh uh, yeah well so, yeah you have to be careful and that and that's actually one of the things they talk about in that hunter orientation is lightning i mean lightning. if you haven't spent time above timberline in that late summer it, most of september is pretty good yeah. Mid, early september might get a little dicey and some places are probably worse than others that that southern colorado sangres i mean it pops up and it, it happens like clockwork. And it's I, tough. I guess what it is is the heat from the from the uh, agriculture, the flatland. Yep, from the flatland, the valley floor pushes up, and then you have the cold, and it condenses. And it's the well, it's the highest lightning strikes in Colorado, yeah. or, or or in North, something crazy. Oh. I just uh, I've well. I've been in there before where guys are like, "Should we run? Like, should we go?" I'm like, "Where the fuck are we gonna go?" Yeah. Like. I, I generally get in my tent and just hope for the best and read a book or something because there's not a lot you can do when you're at 13,000 no. feet. I mean, you could try to run down, but. You're yeah. not, you're going to be in the open. No, we, I got caught. I took a couple of guys on a 
summer sheep count in Georgetown, and we were up at 12, 13,000 feet. And we got stuck in one that we made it We made it over the saddle and we're on the downhill slide, but I'm like, we're in the open. We had to hunker down in these willows right here. And so we hunker down. I said, here's the deal, spread out. And they're like, what? I'm like, well, if one of us gets struck, at least somebody can come find the bodies. Yeah, no shit. So we, yeah. st- we st- but it, it was another one of those like hailstorm. And so I usually carry a little tarp with me. And so I was like, oh, let me cook some food. Oh, let me make a little fire because I was wet. And they're like, it's close. I can smell it. We're, we're on fire. I'm like, no, that's me making some food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So... I mean, it's it's tough up there, and I mean, I am surprised more hikers don't don't eat it because yeah. they're woefully ill prepared. I mean, I climb a fourteener with the family or friends or whatever, and I carried the forty four mag, and I've got my spotting scope. My, but they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "This is how I go." Yeah. Like, what if I get up here and I want to see something? Sure, shit. Oh, there's some elk. He's like, "Where?" And I'm like, "Oh, right there." I, I find it's fun to get people involved that may not be hunters to show them sheep and goats. Yeah. Um, teaching them that you know, hey, these are here because of conservation is really important. Most people aren't anti-anti-hunting. They just don't know any better. And so kind of taking the time to explain to them, I mean, that Waterton Canyon, I mean, the, we were scouting in there and just standing there on the side of the road with a spotting scope. These these sheep are 250 yards off the road, and they're like, where? I don't see them. Yeah, <laughs> that Waterton Canyon, because I just, we backpack up at a ride yeah. mountain bikes. And, and not every day, but there's some days right in the road. They're, yeah. they're button heads. Um, what's crazy is there's, People fish that area, and there's a lot of hikers or whatever. But Photographers. Yeah. It's a good place to go. I quit screwing around down in there just because it was so busy. But if you want to go get rams busting heads, that's a very good place to yep. go. Yeah, and they were busting heads clear into December. I mean, the ruts typically in November, but clear into December, they were butting and chasing and running. I mean, and it's it's almost uncomfortable to watch rams gang up on a, on a U. I mean, it is in the cliffs, up and down, button heads, pushing each other off. We watched one ram push another ram off a 30-foot cliff, and he hit the ground and popped back up, and he ran back up there. And I was like, wow, I would have been done. I'd be like, you can, you can have her. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Can, I'll rub one out. Yeah, she's not <laughs> worth it. I'll hoof one out, I guess. Yeah. Oh. How long have you been in Colorado? I came to Colorado in 1986. I went to school at CSU up in Fort Collins. I was going to go to vet school. And I got sidetracked by beer. That's why I have the the beer name. Um, I started brewing. I started a brewery in Fort Collins in 1992. It's the 19th brewery in the state. And I was not a hunter. Uh, did not grow up in a hunting family. Um, couldn't own anything other than a cap gun when I was a little kid. Parents were like, nope, no guns. Um, but got into fishing, always hiked in the Poudre Canyon when I was in school up there, had some buddies that were, um, hunters. One of my friends, Brett from South Dakota, he took me home for Thanksgiving. He said, Hey, you want to go hunt? I'm like, I've always, you know, read fishing, you know, field and stream. I was always into it. And that's kind of what got me into it was started bird hunting, started pheasant hunting, started waterfowl hunting. Um, took my hunter safety when I was like 23 years old with like, you know, bunch of 12 year olds <laughs> old guy in the room they're like oh this guy's kind of weird what's he doing here uh, but that's you know had a, had a couple of good mentors that took me on a Wamanooch wilderness horse in elk hunt killed my first elk I think in 1995 with a rifle but haven't really looked back since got into the got into the sheep big I was like man this is like the thing I want to do um, and just started volunteering like I said you know Giving back once you've had that tag so that you can maybe do it again or help others experience it is really what it's all about. I mean, Aaron knows, you know, going on those hunts, like I said, taking people, you know, my two of my kids have both drawn U tags because I was like, they may never get a chance to do a ram tag. My son killed a U down by Gunnison. I got my nephew whose parents were not into hunting. Um, he drew a U tag. We killed one right off of Gunella, about a mile off Gunella this, this year. And I mean, that kid, 
I mean, he's shooting squirrels in the backyard and skinning them and eating them. Like he is like <laughs> literally a fanatic when it comes to hunting. Um, so getting people involved and, you know, the more people that know, you know, what, why we have bighorn sheep and that they're not just on the side of I-70. I mean, I think I've hunted probably 10 or 12 different units in the state with myself or other people. And every one of them's different. I mean, we hunted, uh, my buddy's kid drew a Pikes Peak Ram tag and you want to talk about an odd, odd place to hunt sheep. You're the only one on the highway, but you can drive to 14,000 feet. We glass sheep up from 13,000 feet, but they were at 11 hike down, kill the ram, and then had to hike it back to the top. <laughs> yeah. That, I've never messed around uh, as far as, obviously, I've driven to the yeah. top of Pikes Peak, but uh, there was a guy that drew that tag. Uh, I don't want to go into great depth, but he kept hashtagging sheep shape. And, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> come on, uh, man. I, like, I know that. where you're at. Like, I didn't want to. Because generally up there, I mean, you can get lucky and shoot one relatively close relatively to, close um, to the road um I mean, we, in comparison we to the song graze it's close yeah to the road. close to the road <laughs> we we didn't um you know they they're really I, I would tell people if you're given one of those opportunities in an area that are well the sheep are well accustomed to people don't abuse it yeah i mean we killed a ram in waterton but we were so far off the road no one even knew we were there yeah like we killed it in a spot that like it couldn't have been more sheepy but there wasn't people right in our backyard. Yeah. You know, it wasn't yeah. like people were watching to shoot it. Um, and some guys, they pulled that tag. One guy's pulled a tag and they were like, oh, we're hunting sheep. And, you know, and I'm like, that's Waterton Canyon. Let's not get full yeah. of yourselves here. There was, yeah, there was one guy shot it with a, a stick bow. I think they had to finish it off with a They did. A and rifle. that, I was going to say, that was not a good, that was not a good indicator of what that hunt is about. Yeah. I mean, we had, we had three different rams, um, Big Chip, Mufasa, and this other one, Little Chip, that we we were like, let's kill one of those sheep. Those are the three best sheep in here. They're over eight and a half, nine years old. Let's figure out a way to kill one and do it. It took two days. People are like, it took you two days? I'm like, yeah, because we were up on the side of the hill. We were way off the, you know, way off the beaten path. It, you know, it's a good hunt. Every one of them is a good hunt, but you have to be careful. Um, it's the same thing with, you know, they, they put a moose closure in on Guinella Pass now. They don't want people shooting moose off the willow patch on Guinella. It's probably not the best place to go, but if there's a big moose there, it's going to be pretty tempting. Yeah, I've been involved in <laughs> two of those. Um, but I, Chip, uh, or excuse me, Chip, Chuck Brewer, he yep. shot his below the sawtooth and the willows. and Yeah. It was a fucking spectacle. There's 500 cars parked the parking lot. Dawson yeah. was with us. Yeah. And as we're packing it out, right, it's five guys, and there's a – 130 inch bull in the ponds getting close to they're flipping around and here we are packing a dead one out i'm like there's not one good thing that's going to come out of this not that you you did nothing wrong yeah totally it's the image yeah yep it's now if you pick out of those 500 350 maybe enamored want to know what's going on the problem is that other 150 fucking hate you and so the mountain goat thing's the same way you know i would say use discretion um when I say used to, if you've got a bow, the chance of anybody even knowing you're up there are slim. Meaning if someone's at a, let's say, shelf lake. Someone's fishing at shelf lake, no one's going to look up and figure out you're bow hunting them. But those goats do come down to the lake and blasting one with a 7 millimeter while people are fishing is probably a bad idea. So Or, think sh- about or it. shooting one from the lake at 597 yeah. <laughs> million yards and yeah. having to tumble to the lake is not... Yeah, you want to think about that. You don't want to put a black guy for hunters. We've been super lucky. I think probably with Lane, we had a few people make some smart ass comments to us. Uh, he drew G. Most of them were curious though, like yeah. you were saying, yeah. kind of enamored. Well, G10 is a perfect example. I mean, you can get. I, I had people feeding goats 
Cheetos out of their hand in G10. I'm like, guys, knock it off. You're yeah. habituating. And then I'm like, well, what's the big deal? I'm like, you're habituating them to the point where they're going to be a problem, and then they're going to have to do something about it. Well, those and that, two that got shot in G10 yeah. uh, in the summer with the pistol, I think Yeah, it was that was two. bizarre. Well, we had had a couple people. That one old lady brought that up. Or was that with you? I can't remember. Anyway, I just said, hey, ma'am, um, the chance of that actually being a hunter is pretty slim. I said, one, most hunters don't climb 14ers. Uh, two, uh, you know, unless obviously it's season. I yeah. said, two, most hunters are smart enough to know why would they shoot two ewes or, excuse me, two nannies. Two I nannies. said, there's no glory in that for, for hunters. And I said, so it wasn't a trophy hunting thing if they left it. I said, the reality was is some chick was probably feeding her some dude, feeding them Doritos. And they got aggressive. Yep, and they got nervous because they were on a cliff edge, and so the husband, concealed carry, pulled it out and blasted them, and they thought, okay, nobody saw it, and get out of here. Why would a hunter shoot one to leave it? it it's total count, It's it's counterintuitive. And it was good to enlighten her because she was 100%. Hunters are so horrible. A- they baited I'm like, or they poached them, and I was like, well, I'm not saying hunters are perfect, but this wasn't a hunter that no. did that. Not only that, how many hunters do you know climb 14ers? <laughs> Not one, unless 1%? I'm, not unless my wife asked me to go with the family and we do you know a summer hiking trip. Yeah. I've climbed. I think I've summited a grand total of five fourteeners. Two of them in car. Yeah, <laughs> Pikes Peak, Mount Evans. I'm down with the car ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, well, one of the last time I was on Mount Evans was I got dropped off there and I walked to our house. Oh yeah. My wife yeah. was like, she drove me to the top. That's a stupid story. When you told me <laughs> I've that, I always wanted to do that. How far was it? It's like twenty five miles. When you, when you told me that, I looked. I was like, oh, I might do that. And I looked at it, and it's different probably now than when you did it because there's more houses. It looks like there's more houses or whatever. You got to zigzag back. No, and you forth. can't zigzag. Well, you can zigzag back and forth. There's a section there close to us that you can't make, so you got to go on the state park trails. But there's no trail. The top is the top's wide open. It's easy. You can go from there to, you know, Mud Lakes or whatever yeah. pretty quick. Camp there, and then we made the second half. But the second half, I think I told you I was coming out of there, and I found the biggest goddamn shed in the <laughs> bottom of the hole. And I was like, it's six miles to my house, but I'm not leaving it. I mean, it's a 380 shed. Yeah. I mean, it's a freaking monster. monster. And I went back looking for it and couldn't find the other half. It uh, that that area where we live is kind of handy as far as um, like I was I'm going to take the dogs to trial run camping um, yeah. and just pull my sled because I can pull it right into the park yeah. and go you know mile and a half get away from people because I don't know how the dogs are going to run away at night. The thing is right now, uh, dude, the snow is so deep. You can't go yet. No, uh, it's it's not the time. I think. Well, I think I'm going to do it and just camp on the snow and and and, and see how the dogs do. Just snowshoe back and pull a sled. Plus, my fat ass needs the exercise. But uh, that area, it's 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 nice, you know, back in there. But getting back on the subject, like Evans, just as a photographer, you can drive to the top of Evans and get well, you some can't pretty, anymore. Um, oh, do they? They closed it. So last year, I had a thirty-nine elk tag. I was gonna say, did I break the law? Because two years ago, I did. <laughs> I rode. I rode an e-bike. Oh no! Because the road is open to biking. I rode yeah. an e-bike up there. What a great adventure! Like oh, just yeah. fun. Like go check it out. I saw deer. I saw elk. I saw freaking bighorn sheep. I saw mountain goats. And yeah. there's nobody up there. Yeah, that'd be the way to do it. I need to get an e-bike. I just got a yeti. <laughs> uh, it's good for shed hunting. Do they make an yeah. electronic yeti? No, I don't think they do. Yeah, what e-bike did you those have? Those things are sweet, man. Um, I want to say it was a quiet cat. My my buddy had I don't have one. I'm shit, come on. I'm I'm as cheap as you are when it comes. I'm driving an old Subaru for God's sake. I'm not gonna spend any money. <laughs> I used to say that, but now I have a hundred and forty thousand dollar raptor. So, yeah. Uh but before that I was cheap. <laughs> yeah. The uh 
Yeah, uh, on that, like learning, if you're putting in for sheep, I would say, or goat, or both, Yeah. get out ahead of time. Don't treat it last minute. So start looking at potential units you want to hunt or scout, learn how to judge. Like I see no issue with learning. How, it's pretty easy to age big horns, but goats are a little bit different, but learn to tell the difference between a male and a female. Start early because the cool thing about it is, you don't have to have a tag. You can do it year round and you can learn how that they behave, what you're going to be up against. And then on big horns, uh, they're not that difficult to, to, to age once you know what you're doing. Finding them to age them though is a little bit different. Start ahead of time. So you know what unit you want to put in for. Don't just guess. I mean, I don't know how many people call me, Hey, what unit should I put in for? I'm like, bro, like it, none of them are a give me like no. you should have put and in I some have, I have a list like, okay, are you a resident or non-resident? Are you going to hunt archery? You're going to hunt rifle. Where do you know? Where have you been? What have you seen? Yeah. How much effort are you going to put in? Is there a time of year you can go? Well, I can't go in August and September's tough because it's my anniversary. I'm like, well, then you're out. Yeah. yeah no kidding. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the August hunt is cool in, in the only water can be a, a bit of an issue depending upon where you're at. Um, there's a few places, in fact, I'll, and that there is a, I won't say what company they're with, but they drew a tag and I was their friend the moment they do the tag. So <laughs> I told them where to go and I immediately called Duplan because I figured they'd call him. And I said, Hey dude, send them here. Send them here. And he was like, dude, that place is horrible. I'm like, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, and he's like, there's no water back there. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. Um, but it, it, it's amazing how many friends you have when the draw results come out for sheep. and. Goat. I mean, it, it's fun for me because it's usually people I know. I mean, I'm happy to give information or talk to people about it. I like to I like to help people that are willing to learn. And I think I learned when I had my sheep tag. I befriended the biologist and her husband, Janet George, who you probably know. Um, they she lived, retired now. She right? did. She's yeah. retired. But she lived in the unit. She Her husband had hunted it. And they would give me like, oh, well, yeah, you try out this bright trail. And I'd go hike up the bright trail and I'd write down and I'd go there and I'd glass and I'd go report back. Then, well, I was up on the bright trail and I saw this, this, and this. He goes, oh, well, did you go here? Well, no. So then I go back up the bright trail and I'd go to the, and they were just kind of giving me like little nuggets yeah. and little crumbs until I, they finally were like, all right, this guy's pretty serious. He's been everywhere. We've told him to go. I'm not just going to put an X on the map. Yeah. I mean, that, you, you got to earn it. I mean, there's no, what fun is it if I told you, hey, Aaron, go up this drainage, stand on this rock, look over this rock, and there'll be a sheep in the bottom? That's not, that's not sheep hunting. Which you, well, and it's pretty hard to do that anyway, but with goats, you can do that. You can do that with goats. Now, it may not be the biggest goat, but when you first go out, the first time you see this f fluffy white prehistoric creature you've never seen before, you give a shit if it's a nanny, Billy, or a kid. They're like, oh, there's goats. Well, it's weird because... They're always there. They're just hot. And most people don't know what they're, you know, looking for. I've, uh, in the Eagles, I guess it'd be the Eagles nest or the Holy cross. I was, I was hiking in and I, I had passed a group of hikers coming out and they were like, white as a ghost. Well, it was right during that thaw in the springtime, you know, a couple, and the goats had come down to the campsite. So they woke up to goats and this happens, oh, right? Yeah. All around their tent and they didn't know, are they aggressive? And I, I was like, are they still, because I'm like, I want to get, get those around my, because that's a cool photo. Yeah. I'm like, where are they at? So I literally get up to where I know the camp spot is and there's like 15 just chilling. They're like, what's up? Well, those, they don't get, you got to backpack in. Most people don't backpack in that far for, for goats, right? So they're pretty chill. But I mean, it's an amazing experience for most people because if they're just used to elk and deer, it's, it's, a, it's a new animal they've never seen and, and, and learn, learn about as well. Frank, you got anything to add over there? Have you been putting in for tags? As of probably like, uh, I think this would be my, for, I think I have three 
So now this year would be my first. I, I always procrastinate on it, and uh, like my we my dad for him today. Yeah, yeah we do. You better get on it. You want me? You want me to give you some tips? Yes. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> raffle can I win? Now, but growing up, my uh, my dad didn't have like a huge interest in it, or he always thought it was like too hard to draw. So I never put it in for it as a kid. We would see like goats every once in a while and stuff, but. Um, yeah, as of when I started working here, I started putting in for the goats are doable. Um, you know, most people like it was about an eight to 10 year average, I'd say sheep, depending on the unit. I mean, I know guys that are in, there's a guy that's going to be 40 years this year, never drew a sheep tag. My buddy Vince Brown, he drew on his 34th year. And I mean, I promised him, I said, I will take you. We killed a great Ram in a unit that he'd hunted a bunch. And it was, you know, it's a moving experience when you go with these guys, knowing that that's probably the only sheep tag they're ever going to draw. So, yeah, I mean, you could put in. If you don't, if you're not in the draw, you're not gonna. How do you feel about the way it works now? The preference points in the draw. Oh, I could write an encyclopedia on how we that should get you works. and Harold together and just let yeah. you talk about. Oh, Harold, <laughs> yeah. I I wrote an article. If you Google how the draw works in Colorado, mm-hmm. I wrote an article that the DOW published and that it's been published and it shows how the the draw number gets reversed and then the reverse number gets drawn into tiles and then the tiles get divided by your weighted preference point and then the weighted preference points gets or the Final draw number gets stacked in the order that you drew. Divided by pi. It's literally a PhD in mathematics. Um, what I've determined is when you apply, it doesn't matter. As long as you apply and you have three points, you have a chance. Um, the more weighted points you have, they do help you, but only ever so slightly. Um, I wish we could go to a slightly different system where they square your weighted points, kind of like they do in Nevada. You get more chances. Um, right now, it's not as great of an advantage as it could be. Um, for the weighted points, um, raffles for me is where it's at. Um, you, I think I agree with that too. Cause that's what I always tell people that ask me if they should go to any of the shows, the conventions. Oh, I love the shows. I mean, I, we know a, a lot of people that have won hunts, um, yeah. at, at the expos and yeah. the shows. I mean, that, that's how I, I mean, especially well, like the less than one club. So are you, are you, you're in the less than one club. You haven't yeah. killed a sheep, right? So mm-hmm. less than one club was a great idea. Uh, a guy named Justin Phillips with Wild Sheep, you know, a bunch of people are sitting around drinking beer. These are sometimes when the best ideas come about. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we're doing all this stuff for people that got their finaz, their Grand Slam, whatever. What are we doing about the guy that doesn't have a sheep tag? That's where less than one was born. Hmm. The very first year we had it, it was in a hotel lobby bar with like 150 people and we gave away a sheep hunt. Well, that's where I got into the game. I donated the beer. Awesome. And so since then, I mean, Gray Thornton likes to say Wild Sheep, you know, we're a you know, hunting club with a drinking problem. I like to say the beer is the social lubricant that keeps people coming back. <laughs> um, I think I've given away somewhere in the neighborhood of 15,000 free beers oh, at the awesome. less than one club. Um, you know, it, it started off with like three kegs, then six kegs, then 15 kegs. And I think it's up to 30 kegs now at less than one. But you have to be in the room to win. There's such an, an you know, an excitement in the room. I love absolutely being there. Yeah, it's a rowdy It's, it's a rowdy, a rowdy crowd, but it's, it's like, you know what? You're, you're win and you're with 10 of your buddies. How often do you get that experience? Mm-hmm. Um, but less than one's good. You know, Grand Slam has a, a monthly uh, raffle. They give away like 12 sheep hunts a year. Look at all those options because literally spending a few hundred, a thousand bucks a year on raffles, you've just increased your chances of drawing a tag tenfold because it's not just one name in the hat. And that's what I tell people. I mean, I don't care what it is. I don't even know if I want to go on that hunt, but I'll put a raffle ticket in there. I'll sell it, trade it, barter it, whatever. Yeah. You know, go on a new adventure. So I put, I, I'm a raffle addict. I truly, truly am. It's paid off, you know, it, for it you. And that's the one thing why I make jokes about it. You got to play to win. Yeah. Do you play the lottery? Like, do. You want to hear my, my <laughs> yeah. Powerball story? Oh, my God. Fuck. I was, so, <laughs> this is, this is probably the closest you can come to winning. So I had, 
four out of the six numbers perfect. And I had two numbers that were one off. Really? <laughs> On the Powerball oh for like 50 million, 40 million bucks. Well, you might as well keep playing because it sounds like you have a good chance. That's what I'm saying. It's five bucks. It goes to a good cause. Everybody's like, that's a sucker's bet. I'm like, yeah, but I may win. You will never win. Yeah, if you win, you're going to be super crazy rich. Oh, you won't ever hear from me again. (laughs) You'll be be hunting sheep every month. I might might buy a new backpack every year or something. But (laughs) yeah, uh, yeah, and I mean, that's that's the cool thing, like Rocky Mountain Bighorn side. So here's here's another one we're doing. So I got to wait till Aaron gets back to talk about it. so, you know, raffle revenue was up for us, but overall revenue was down. Um, it's the one way we support ourselves is to have an auction. So we're having online auctions this year. We don't have a banquet or anything like that. Um, we've given back over $3 million um, for habitat work, for management, for research. You know, collars on sheep are not cheap. Trapping sheep is not cheap. Um, so $3 million bucks in the last 10 years from the Rocky Mountain Bighorn side is kind of a big deal. Most of it in Colorado. We do some research outside if it's going to benefit the Colorado. Um, you know, raffle revenue in the last eight years, $1.3 million. Um, what we're doing right now is um, a membership drive. We only have 700 members. I'd love to see what you guys did with the CBA. Get us another one or 200 members. Um, we're giving away, thanks to Aaron, Kafaru Backpack, um, Sika Gear, donated a nice set of gear from Alex from One Shot Gear, um, and then a set of uh, 10 by 42 EL ranges. So get your get your tickets in. It's basically one year for a membership. You get one ticket. Three years, you get five. Life member is where it's at, though. We're giving away a doll sheep hunt. Oh, to, to Oh, yeah. So here's the deal, Aaron. Last night I went online. I signed you up as a member because I'm like, Aaron's not even a freaking member. No. So I bought <laughs> you a one-year membership. If you want to upgrade to life, um, we have less than 500 life members and last year, two years ago, we gave it away. You had to be in the room. We only had 120 life members in the room. Really? So okay. this year we're giving it to anybody. It's kind of a way for us to drive, drive some business and get some membership. Like I said, with this pandemic, we don't have our banquet anymore and we don't have hunter orientation. We get 30 or 40 or 50 new members at hunter orientation. And this is a way for us to, you know, educate people. We do a magazine. I've listened to your podcast. I know online is the way to go. We're doing an online version starting, I think this next issue. So you can flip through it on your phone. Um, you know, all that stuff is, you know, it, it's guys doing guys and gals doing stuff for bighorn sheep. All that money goes back. We have one, one paid employee, Terry Myers, who basically holds, holds the glue that holds it all together. He runs the raffles. He organizes the banquet. He makes sure we fill out all our paperwork, do our taxes, all that. Somebody has to be the adult in the room. And I know it's not Aaron. So no, not me. <laughs> uh, definitely not me. No, actually Dana's outside right now. She can, we can get her and David and get some artwork going up for a giveaway or, or yeah. to let people know. Yeah, I've got, I've got out. it. We can share it, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a great opportunity to get involved. Like I said, we, we're not, you know, we're not the biggest organization. We're one of the oldest. I think we're the second oldest bighorn sheep organization after Nevada bighorns. You know, we started in 1975. It's a Colorado organization, you know, volunteer members, volunteer board members. Um, I think I've served, this will be my ninth or 10th year on the board in the last 20. I keep on getting roped back in. They're like, Oh, can you fill a vacancy? And I'm like, <laughs> Dang it. Oh, shit. But I love it. It's a good time. And, I mean, I love talking sheep and goats. And, you know, like I said, uh, you know, Aaron kind of prompted me to change my uh, Instagram. So I got a new one now. We'll get it. Uh, I we'll get know. a couple of sheep pictures one on for there. your beer? What's that? It's Blue Moon, right? It was Blue Moon is the beer that I run. But I started a new one. Sandbrew is my old handle from the original Bowsite days. So Sandbrew with my last name, John Legnard. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put some stuff on there. I want to host a. Q&A with Aaron once people get these tags and they ask about gear, they can ask about equipment, you know, how do you tell a mountain goat, you know, from a 
bighorn sheep at what elevation do they change <laughs> yeah that's no when kidding. we know we're in trouble yeah yeah exactly oh lord i think it'll well i don't think i'm curious how all this shakes out with with covid and going digital and it it would almost be worthwhile to hold something at no limits or rocky mountain to where it may be a private one that's not necessarily affiliated with the dow but affiliated with uh the rocky mountain bighorn society where we can have our own uh, orientation. Like I could go over gear and we could get you and somebody else to go over judging. And, and that way they still have the, the option to go, even though it may not be through the DOW. That's totally legal. I've already looked into it. They can't yell at us for that. Uh, because that rite of passage is kind of gone now, right, yeah. to go to that. And the other thing, too, is uh, there's a lot of info you're not going to – nobody wants to do on – I mean, it's the hand we're been dealt. But we, we did a Zoom call last last year for the G15 tag holders. Yeah. It was good, but like I had to like text the guys. I've never met them. I don't know them. I don't want to. I don't want to give up everything that I've learned in G15 yeah. hunting it four or five times to somebody I just met. But hey, if you want to help me, I'll help you. That's how it works. I mean that that's it's good. It's safe if you know somebody else in your unit. Yeah. You know what's the weather doing? Hey, did you see this? You know. The fire, the fire closure last year is what got us all together. Yeah, you know that that part of that unit was closed because of Williams Peak fire yeah. or Williams Fork fire. So I, I think it'd be worthwhile to do I'd that. Be, I'd be happy to help. I mean, the the problem we had was Division of Wildlife because of the privacy laws. They control the tag holder list. Yeah, and we can't invite them. So unless we do it through a venue like this, like hey, you might know somebody on the podcast that drew a sheep tag. Hey, Aaron was talking about it. They're going to host an event. So we'll get that. We'll get that really good uh, connectivity with this, I think. And I think it'd be good because it, it helped, one, people obviously feel more comfortable that are heading out. Uh, two, obviously, they'll feel more comfortable as far as judging and everything. And, again, it is nice to know, hey, you drew the same season I drew. Hey, let's swap phone numbers. Uh, if you get jammed up back there or, or you get on one and, 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 you know, you kill one, and it's good info to, to spread around because you're not going to drop very many times, so you definitely need to make the most out of it. No, and I think this is going to be interesting. I mean, Frank's a good example. We had a lot of people get into the draw three years ago now, four years ago, when it was $0 to play. I think that's when I started. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds like you're, you're, he probably doesn't pay enough to work uh, here. No, um, no, um, no, the right. problem I see with that I is – didn't at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I do now. I, I think there's 3,000 people in your pool right now at three points. Those 3,000 people probably don't know anybody else that's probably hunted cheaper goats they're going to be at a severe disadvantage because they're getting into it and they've got to learn the information. There's no horn orientation. You can Google a lot of stuff and get good information, but there's really no substitute for knowing somebody that's hunted it or having information, firsthand knowledge of hunting. So getting people in that room and getting people that are, I'd say newbies to hunting and newbies to sheep, you know, it's going to be really beneficial. Yeah. I'm well, all for it. Yeah. I'd say let's, we'll talk about it and go into to a little bit more depth on it, especially if they're not going to, kick it back in the dow's not and keep it um digital it's just not the same i mean i get it it's the hand they've been dealt but um i the other thing i mean we do seminars off and on all the the time um you know it, it would be very easy to get that out to the to the public right like hey if you drew this tag you know come on in this portion will be donated to to to, to sheep and mountain goat and judging and we've got enough dead shit laying around schools and everything else that um uh, you know, in mounts and everything, it'd be real easy. The way the Lancasters taught me to judge uh, sheep for age is pretty amazing. Somebody messaged, was it you that messaged me? I watched said, the, they, they posted a video, Clay did a video online during the uh, Wild Sheep BC uh, symposium they had kind of online. 
I watched that thing twice now. The crown, measure four, count four in the crown. I was like, that so is brilliant. Four in the crown with a suede back, he's eight. With a pot belly, he's nine. I mean, this is drilled into you with yeah. clay. Like, you don't, you get fined when you fuck this up with yeah. clay. Like, they take money out of your, your pay. But with clay, what's ha- what's super handy, he has been, what is he up to now, 300 sheep hunts? Something like that, 350, I think 50 over 40 inches. Um, he's just a monster. And he's funny, but, like, you don't realize what you don't know. Until you're with a Lancaster. And then, and then they you know, know everything. Well, and it's one of those deals, and they're funny about it, you know, too, because like an interesting story, uh, a, a group of, of sheep, they sent us in on me and Harder, and, and Clay said, this one-horned ram is the lead ram. I'm like, There's no fucking way that's the lead. Anyway, so I shoot the, I have the client shoot the wrong ram. Uh, and when you shoot the lead ram, they just stand there, basically. They're, they don't know, know what to do. do. They don't know what to do. Well, when they run, you know you fucked up. So... <laughs> They spread. And one of the reasons we were able to was that judging when they're running away with binos at 150 yards, you can score them quick. And third one on the left, and we dropped it. So we get back, and Clay's like, so what happened? And I was like, yeah, you know, I we, we didn't shoot that that, that, that one-horn ram. I was like, we, you know, we shot this other one. I, I thought that was the lead ram. He's like, yeah, how'd that work out for you? And I was like, not good. Not good <laughs> at all. And then he slapped the shit out of me. Because uh, those guys just know, I mean – just animal behavior he can watch from 2000 yards away and he can tell you what the lead ram is just by what all the other and it's usually the oldest one the most experienced one and and they do make it they do have a hierarchy they do have a pecking order i mean they definitely they know who's the boss some of the craziest shit i've seen we uh shot one ram this is the craziest 13 rams we shoot one and it's raining kind of sleeting every ram walked over and tapped that fucking lead ram on the head and walked See off ya. like like a nod thanks for wow. thanks for keeping us alive and then walked off literally i'm like is this normal and he's like no fucking <laughs> normal he's like they're smart but they knew like the passing of the crown it was crazy the the the, the new up and comer which was a fucking donkey like it was hard not to shoot not to shoot that one but next year um, he'll be bigger bigger yeah and th- that's the problem i see right now i think we're going to see kind of the harvest rate go down and the actual age of harvest go down in Colorado without these experienced hunters getting back there. You know, a five or six-year-old, you know, sickle horn three-quarter curl, if that's your once in a lifetime and you see it, there's going to be guys that are going to shoot smaller rams. They're generally not in those bachelor groups. They're going to be with the ewes and lambs or some of the smaller ram groups that they're 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 easy targets. Um, like like Aaron said, those, those big rams, they go and hide. You know, if you haven't found the six, eight, nine, ten-year-olds, you haven't found the rams in the unit because almost every unit's going to have those. We don't shoot that many sheep in Colorado that we don't have old mature rams in every unit. We we we've had a couple guys. One guy last year specifically, and he kept. Um, they were finding ewes, and I was telling Amy, I'm like, they haven't found the sheep yet. Like you're not finding shit when you find, you know, ewes. I mean, you might find young rams, and it's no different than um, like when you find a big ram. He's probably not alone, and I'm not a bona fide ram expert, but there's more rams around, especially in August. The thing is, is do you have the patience to to wait to to look for them, and do you have the patience to sit on them? I mean, if you see a ram two thousand yards away, you better focus on that because that may not be the only that may be the only group you see, and I guarantee there's more with them in August. But well, that's exactly what happened. I'm showing Frank my buddy's ram from the Zirkles. Yeah, we saw fifty, sixty ewes, lambs, young rams in an area that they told us there weren't any sheep. That's yeah. how I knew it. We were, they're like, oh, we, we don't we don't count over there. There's no sheep over there. I'm like, you look on a map. It's the furthest spot from 
trails. It's the hardest area to get to. It's probably got big sheep in there. Yeah. Well, we found tons of sheep, but not any old rams. We went back to another spot. We found four rams. My buddy never even looked through the scope for more than 30 seconds. He's like, whatever you think. I'm like, all four are shooters. <laughs> when you see that ram, you're, yeah, when you see that ram, you're like, shoot it. And that's what happened. We saw four rams. There was one laying on a rock. There was one standing there. And he's like, which one? I'm like, doesn't matter. He goes, good, boom. Yeah. I mean, it, it's that's an old, old sheep. So <laughs> Aaron's eyes just bugged out. It's just you don't get rams like this in Colorado very often. What did he end up scoring? High he 70s? was mid-170s. Yeah, yeah he, um, he was 15 at the base, but he was 10-plus years old. And, I mean, when they get that smoothed off, broomed off, there's probably a couple more pictures there. You should be safe on a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> when was this far. last year? Oh, that was 18. Hey, you were on the summer sheep diet, I can tell. Your face is a lot skinnier. <laughs> The sheep diet's a motherfucker. It's worse yeah. than Giardia. <laughs> it is It is worse than Giardia. And uh, well, I've been nursing a bad foot. I I see Aaron hiking up the mountain sometimes, and I'm, you know, drinking a soda, eating a burger out of from the fast food joint. But, uh, no, it, it, you will get in shape better than anything you've ever done. And you might think losing 10 pounds before you go on a sheep hunt is a good deal. You'll lose yeah. 10 on a sheep hunt in a week. <laughs> is that 11? Is he 11? Yeah, it was 11. Yeah. Um, that, uh, what did you see his teeth? Yeah. Um, Jeez, that's crazy. Hardly anything there. Oh man, they're down. Oh, he looks like he's from Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the th they just when you truly when you learn sheep and you see one like that, it just doesn't that doesn't pan out that yeah. often. It, no, and that's like the same guy that wanted to shoot a half curl on day two. I'm like, dude, we've got to do better than that. He's like, I'm like, I was the president of the Bighorn Society. They're gonna laugh me out of town if I shoot a half curl. <laughs> That's fun. Well, I've um been putting in for two different units, you know, with the stick bow and yeah, you know, not to say I wouldn't grab a compound, but I'd really like to shoot one with a a stick. But man, I tell you what, um you, you want to talk about the sheep diet. Look how skinny oh, yeah. that guy is. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> That's funny. That's how, my how long ago was that? Twenty one years ago. Yeah. That's my old high country extreme Aluminum arrows, muzzy broadheads. Saw one. Saw two rams killed one of He's them. He's eight, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a good. I mean, that's a pope and young ram. Yeah. I mean, anytime you get a anytime you get a sheep, it's a good sheep. But if you can kill one that's one fifty, one sixty with yeah. a bow, that's a great ram. Oh yeah. Well, you know? believe me, I with the stick, I'd be more than happy with you know one hundred and fifty inch ram. The the thing with I I mean with the rifle, I'd be a lot more picky, but. God, Lord, it's just sometimes you can see them, you know, sometimes you have to wait on them for a few days to get them in the right yeah. position with a bow. Yeah. And, you know, size is all relative. I mean, I'd say any good eight-year-old ram in Colorado is a good sheep. I mean, the one I killed on the raffle tags over 180 inches. Yeah. That thing is absolutely a hoss. I hunted 34 days before I found the sheep I wanted to kill. I mean, yeah. that wasn't, that wasn't a gimme even with that tag. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're not, there's not 180 inch rams behind every tree in Colorado. I mean, don't, don't get your hopes up. I would say, depending on where they are, you know, a mature ram eight to 10 is a good ram in any unit. Don't, don't hold, don't set your sights on. That's what I told Phil. Eight years old is what you want. That's yeah. a mature ram. How many, so out of a, I mean, this is a guess. I would say there's only 20 to 25 180 inch rams in the state. Oh, there's probably more than that because so some units have a significantly higher proportion. Most units will have a mature ram in it, and that's yeah. what I would say. Because we only take off 2 to 5% of the total sheep in any unit, yeah. if you're killing an 8 to 9 to 10-year-old, you're killing some of the best sheep in the unit. 
I think some of them will have 180 potential. Not every unit has a 180 in it, though. Yeah. Well, so what do you? How many do you think 180 Rams are in? I mean, and when I say that net, not gross. Like, how many do you think are in the state of Colorado net? Oh, there's got to be 50 or more. Yeah, and I, I only know four units really well, yeah. and. In those four units, there's not very many. No. <laughs> but the SCAR unit, what's that one down in the springs? Tells that unit. Oh, S34. That's got a you know, pile of different That's got a pile of different sheep. They, they're hard-pressed to make 180 there, but they do get old and look good. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. I, I know units and sheep and harvest stats. I couldn't – I think my anniversary is coming. No, my anniversary is this summer. That's a, I can't remember my kid's birthday, my wife's birthday, but – Oh, that one guy that shot that sheep, I could tell you what the score was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like that one that was shot in the Songrays last yeah. year. That was the, a good ramp. The, but I don't it think it's 180. Father and son. Yeah. I've heard of several numbers, and when I looked at it, to me, it was 176 to 178. I think they said 182 to 184, maybe. Mm. Um, Depends on the basis. Mass is everything. I mean, mass is really important. Just, just looking at it, though, I mean, and it's not like you're – I mean, 176 to 178 inch Rams, a hell of a Ram. I looked at it and I'm like, man, that's a hoss. I just, until you get a tape on it, I don't know, but it's a big Ram. I mean, I, shit, especially they didn't really know what they were getting into when they went down there either. If they didn't know, then that's exactly the Ram you want to kill. I was looking for the one, one of the raffle tag holders got a hold of me um, after I drew, after I'd killed the Ram, after Duplan killed his. Yeah. And we started talking to him, and we sent him a bunch of pictures. We showed him where to go. We, he hired an outfitter. He killed a ram in the pooter. Yeah. It's 40 by 40, but it's only 14-inch bases. It's 178. Yeah. It doesn't – I would shoot that ram every day, twice on Tuesday, yeah. because it looks so cool. Score's not everything. Yeah. There, there's a reason we take score into account. It's, you know, a mature animal that's reached the end of its potential. It's an indication of good herd health. It's an indication of good habitat. Um all of those things in Colorado seem to be fitting in place. You know, we might have, you know, some units that could do better, but, you know, domestic sheep's an issue in Colorado. We're, we're worried about that. And so, you know, we don't want too many sheep. Too many sheep's actually a bad thing because then they can go wandering. Yeah. But, you know. I, I just tell people if it's your first sheep and it's eight and a half, kill it. Yes. That's the best way to look at it. Absolutely. And, and, and it, a eight and a half is a mature, I mean, it's equivalent to a four or five-year-old mule deer, however you want to look at it. Um, and I mean, they don't really live past 14 and 11's probably prime or downhill. 11 yeah. in a unit that doesn't have a really rich summer spring range. Yeah. yeah. You know, like the circles, that, that thing, the teeth were gone on that thing. I don't yeah. think that thing would have made it another year. Yeah. Um, that big one, but some of the Southern units, they have good winter range. They have no snow. Yeah. It's not hard. It's not hard. And I'd say the same thing with goats, you know, people like how big is that? I'm like probably eight. Eight and a half. They're like, well, I want a ten inch billy. I'm like, I want a twelve inch cock. It doesn't happen very often in Colorado. I mean, there. Yeah, I don't. How many billies have been shot here? Close to make Boone and Crockett. I mean, that was not very many. That was a goal of mine was to kill a Boone and Crockett of yeah. every species. That's a pretty high lofty He's goal. Here, yeah. Well, I've yeah. got I've got a moose. I killed a moose with my bow that makes Boone and Crockett, and I killed yeah. a sheep. So I've got two of the big ones out of the way. But deer, elk, antelope, those are doable. Goat. I don't know that that's a – I had the raffle tag. I hunted an awful lot of places. Yeah. And a 9-inch billy looks like a 9-inch billy. It's going to be mid-40s, 45, 46. Yeah. It's not going to make Boone and Crockett unless it's got ridiculous mass and super, super long. And the thing that I've been lucky enough to go in other areas than Colorado, mm -hmm. and when you see a 50-inch goat, 
it's not normal. I the mean, you're BC like goats Jesus. and the BC goats and the Alaska goats are living zero to 5,000 feet. They're yeah. eating kelp, green kelp in the winter when our goats are literally scratching a rock licking lichen. lichen. Yep. Well, and BC goats in, in Northwest, you know, Washington, mm-hmm. where, whatever, they live in the timber a lot. Yeah. You know, they're not, it's not here where the first time I went on a hunt other than here for goat, I was like, okay, I do not have goats figured out. They're in fucking cut banks and clear cuts and shit. I'm like, what the hell are these goats doing? But Colorado, you just find the nastiest shit, and there's going to be goats there's gonna up be there. Goats, yeah. Where, like where we were at in the one spot in Washington, now they were above tree line, but um, in BC's the same way. They were above tree line, but it's so it's just lush. It's it's a, so a 50 inch goat does not it's got six inch bases at least um it's going to have good pipes meaning mass continued throughout you know nine and a half plus it's going to hit that 50 inch range but until you sit there and look at one you're like fuck our goats are little because when you're looking at a 50 inch bc goat and they weigh 300 plus pounds ours are dinky Ours are smaller. Um, I think ours are getting to the point where they're starting to figure out that maybe I should live somewhere besides the top of a mountain. I've seen goats right off I-70, right at Kermit's, right at the bottom of the Floyd Hill there. Yeah. The one neighbor between you and I has one on her game camera walking across her front yard. That's wild. Well, they're probably eating lusher, greener stuff. I mean, that's the best goat. I'm going to show Frank my picture. That that goat's a good goat. It was a big-bodied one, but it wasn't 300 pounds. Yeah. I mean, they're all fur. They're fluff. And when you start breaking them down and you get you get the you get the full-on, you know, quarters, you're like, well, that's not much bigger than a two-year-old mule deer, I would say. Yeah. Buck. Oh, yeah. What was he, 47? 46. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he doesn't make booner. He's, yeah, he broke, he broke a little bit off each tip. He did fall 2,000 feet. So. Yeah. <laughs> yours, just... yours ended up way better than mine. Mine, the asshole popped out. <laughs> Both eyeballs popped out. It was probably 49.50 when I shot it. Yeah. When we got to it, it scored like 13. Uh, it Jeez. was a nub on this side and like three inches yeah. on the right. It is. The guy was, Roger was freaking. He was worried I was going to be pissed. I'm like, dude, if this is going to happen to anyone, I'm the I'm, perfect I'm the guy. Because I, I just like the adventure. And it was yeah. pretty freaking cool where we hunted. Yeah. But Colorado, um, overall, what I mean, it's like a one-day 90% kill out yeah. in the first day. Well, and I, I tell people, if you're interested in going goat hunting, Go with somebody first because yeah. you may not be interested after that first day. Yeah. You may you may not like it at all. Um, my one bed, my one buddy who lives in Connecticut, Connecticut Mike, I call him. He's yeah. he's into goats. He's been to Alaska. He comes to Colorado once in a while. I told him put him for a nanny tag. I yeah. said there's a better chance of you drawn. It's the same damn adventure, and he thinks you're the hero too. He wants to kill one with a recurve. I'm like, listen, if you get a goat tag, let's just kill it with a rifle yeah <laughs> luke's gonna draw this year i bet he's gonna put in the same thing i did yeah what was so that what was funny on that hunt is i screwed up my shoulder the night before and uh you, didn't I could, know you could draw the bow back right no i didn't couldn't drop back very far and so i told <laughs> i said frank we got to get really close like feet if possible <laughs> and he had spotted the goat the day before amy and i went up across from Gray's and tories yeah um you know on the big cliffs of insanity oh yeah <laughs> and i just wanted to show her I just, we drove to the top and then we just on ridged, the backside and on the ridge we ridge ran looking though down the backside, yeah. and she's like, "What happens?" I said, "Honestly, if if you drew this tag or Luke, we would wait for him to come up and feed." Yeah. They bed down, and I said, "We they would come just out of wait." There, yeah, and I said, "Right now, I can climb down and kill most of those." I said, "But depending upon where they fall, there are spots here we've had to get ropes to yeah. get them out." 
Um, which like Luke, I got that can am coming. We'll hop in that and drive up there. I drove my tundra up there. Sweet Jesus, that's a rough road. Oh, that thing's a son of a bitch. But Frank found <laughs> the one. We'd found it earlier that summer. We climbed in. You for Frank found it. Yeah, I think you found it when we hiked in. When we killed it. No, I mean the, the day of season. I, so to Amy and and, and uh, Luke, this is impossible to get to. The Frank and I, it's like child's play. So we got up there and like we were trucking at 50. But this little asshole, I kept falling on my shoulder. And at one time, I think I said, I can't side hill. Remember? And I had to go up. Because of your shoulder, you couldn't Fuck, side I kept hill? falling down and it rocked my shoulder. Well, Christ, when we finally got above it. I don't know. We were there for 30 minutes. Frank was throwing boulders at it to get, it wouldn't move. Once it planted, it was safe, but it was cool. Cause Amy and uh, Luke got to watch it from the Valley floor. What was there? Probably 20 other goats up there. Remember that there was rounds going off like crazy oh, on the backside up by Argentine. Yeah. Well, there was how many, yeah, we were, were a little, there? little worried when we were hiking in <laughs> cause there was just gunshots going crazy and <laughs> glassing up there at the end of the basin. There was a few hunters and you see sheep running back and forth yeah. back or not goats. sheep goats. Yeah. You don't need the long range then there. You can get close most of the time yeah. and, and up there, if you wait long enough, a goat will come by. Yeah. They run that, they run those ridges. I think I've been on five or six. I killed my first one up there too. Five we're, or six in that unit. We were trying to hunt them with Brian and, uh, our our videographer he'd never been at thirteen thousand, and i ran his poor ass to death that day he finally tapped out almost he made it through almost yeah he got a gnarly migraine bad migraine so that altitude's no joke he's coming down and all the goats were trying to kill walk 10 yards from him and he's texting his photos i'm like you got to be shitting me (laughs) but that was on the very highest well i wasn't real thrilled because i'm like out of all the places they're on the highest point we went over the backside, walked all the way up, got to 40 yards, and the first shot he missed by like eight feet. It was a rough <laughs> – well, we ran out of arrows. Right? Oh, so Jesus. the next day, we had to go back to work. Did you give him your gun? Yeah. Yeah, you, we were like, hey, you might want to bring a rifle tomorrow, bud. Like, <laughs> he, he got one, and he's yeah. ended up on the cover. He's on the – do you have the uh, bighorn? The regs? Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's uh, him. The top there. Yeah, top yeah. Top. yeah, that's Brian. Which was, it was crazy. It was a good hunt, but that's a good example. We were able to help him. I think he would have been probably in trouble without us to a certain degree, but it was an adventure for him. Now, the, the thing was, is you, Frank stayed, what, you're probably 800 feet below us flagging us in. When we went up there, it was a, you know, huge mountain and then a boulder field, and we'd shoot them at one side, and then they would go to the other side. We'd climb to the top, come down, and they didn't want to get out of those rocks, and they didn't know what was going on. Yeah. They just knew there was three fat dudes that had every now and then a projectile would hit a rock. <laughs> it was a great – I mean, he said that was the greatest day of his – greatest and worst day of his life. The last two arrows, they're good as dead. They're bedded in the cliffs. We climbed down right on top of them 28 yards, and I'm like, all right, bro, the one on the left, that's a nine-year-old nanny. He had a nanny tag. I'm like, that's yeah. a nine-year-old nanny. Oh, it's a good nanny. Then. And I, yeah, as old as they get, right? Oh, yeah. And he literally gets to right here to draw and hits the trigger, <laughs> fires the arrow off into the, the abyss. And I'm like, well, we're down to one arrow. And I, but it stood him up, but they still didn't know what was, you yeah. know, coming on top of him. And I'm like, dude, it's even better they're standing. And I think that's the first time he actually hit low on the entire course day. So we walked off the mountain with no arrows. Oh, my God. It was a good that, day, though. That is a good day. Yeah, that's tough. Fun. I mean, I did that archery ibex hunt in the Ooh, Floridas. Yeah, that's a rough one. <laughs> 
whew, it is rough, but I'll tell you what, it, it's an adventure, but if you're mentally prepared, it's not that tough. I stayed yeah. in a hotel every night. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. not, let's not sugarcoat yeah. it. It's a steep mountain. And I went, I was there in January, so there weren't any snakes. I hate snakes. Yeah. It's still steep. Those animals act like no other animal I've ever been encountered. You know, sheep and goats, you said it, you know, there's a trail. They're going to go out this. They, Ibex will particularly pick the most difficult route out of something and they will go up a vertical wall like nobody's business. But that's one of the best places to flag and track or yeah. flag and, and show somebody because you can't get in there. You can't see it. You can't. I mean, we went up the east side over to the top and we're down on the west side hunting and all. I mean, and it's a f- steep son of a bitch. And that's not one you want to come off in at night. Yeah. Like at five o'clock, I'm like, you know what? We're going to be off here in about yeah. 30 minutes because <laughs> there yeah. you get cliffed out and be stuck up there. But it's it's not that bad. I mean, it's a couple thousand vertical feet. And that's that's all that mental. Like people are like, oh, I can't climb that 13 or to get to that goat. I'm like, once you do it, it's yeah. not that hard. Yeah. Just take your time. Yeah. One step at a time. I'm like you said, I'm old and fat. I can still get up there and it's all mental. It's like how much you're, how much you willing to put in here. Yeah. And that's why you got to take good people with you. Cause if you're, if your team conks out on you, you're done. And I tell people, don't give up. The second you give up and you're walking out of there, like I'm done, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. You got to do the wolf pack speech Remember on uh, hangover. <laughs> My wolf pack was one. Now it is three. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. How old are you now? I'll be 53. Dang, Frank, he could be your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, like I said, I've, I've only been doing it for 30 years. That's when I started about 23. Yeah. But, you know, getting out there, getting after it, getting involved, seeing what you see, going with other people. It's just experience. You build the experience. You, you build your confidence. Um, you know, that's, that's a whole do plan, you know, mentality. It's like, just keep going till you can't go. I use that a lot. I mean, I go on a lot of solo hunts cause I don't have people to go with me. Sometimes I've killed and hauled out an elk solo. That was stupid, but I had a sled. Yeah. But I was like, it's all downhill. But crap, it's 5 o'clock. It's getting dark. I got this stupid cow two miles from the truck, <laughs> and I got to take my kids doe antelope hunting on the Eastern Plains tomorrow. I don't have a data, so haul it out myself. Same thing with the U-tag. You know, I got in there to a spot. I was several miles from the truck, and the same thing. I had a U-tag, and there's freaking 14 rams in the way. <laughs> I freaking waited there till 5 o'clock. The sun's going down. I'm at 11,000 feet. I'm like, if I don't kill this thing in the next 15 minutes, oh, it's pitch black. Yeah, and it's it's a haul to get out of there, and I put everything in that backpack except couldn't get fit the life size cape in there. So yeah, but it's fun. I mean, that you got to push yourselves, and you got to you know you got to know what know what your know what your limits are. And I tell people all the time, I say go on these adventures, just do it. You know, you're going to regret it if you don't. Yeah, yeah, you got to go just one time. It's kind of like the first workout after the thaw, you know, right? And you, oh, that wasn't bad. All right, I'm going to get going now. But talking yourself into do it the first time. I mean, you don't have to have a tag to learn a lot of stuff about whether it be sheep or goat or moose or anything. The kind of the cool thing in Colorado is you can see sheep, goat, moose, mule deer, and elk all in the same spot. Um, the moose is probably the one of the craziest things. Like nothing like seeing a moose walk by at you know twelve, five, thirteen thousand feet in the summer. They don't like bugs, and and that you do have some of those hanging basins that'll have moose swamps and things like that. But there's spots where you can literally from one spot glass elk bear, deer, moose, goat, and sheep all from one area. Colorado is one of the only places you can do yeah, that. Absolutely. No, it's it's great. I, moose probably my second favorite thing after sheep. I love chasing those swamp donkeys. Yeah. They're, they're big. God, they're big. Yeah. It, uh, in Colorado, I'd say the moose, we got to be number one for moose population increasing in the U.S. Of course, we're trying to fuck that up now by inviting <sighs> wolves in, but yeah, moose I, are doing great here. Moose are doing great here. I mean, as a Boone and Crockett measure, I think I measure more record book moose than anything else um people come to me i like, saw more record book moose last year than i did elk 
Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I mean, there was yeah. moose. And then every morning, oh, oh. you can hear him coming up oh. the valley. I'm like, where's oh. all the freaking 350 bulls? And the what I've, you know, DePlan's a negative Nancy, right? Everything's <laughs> 20 inches smaller than it actually is, and he's the smartest man alive. But I... There, the moose that that I I had found back in there, and it wasn't like I was, it just walked by my camp, and yeah. I'm like, ooh, he's pushing two. That's a big one. So, yeah. I drive by the guy that has the governor's tag, and he stops <laughs> me. He's like, hey, I I told Dawson that whoever lives back because I'd been back there 26 days. Was right? this just recent? The, last year. Last year. Well, I, I, Lauren I, had uh, yeah, yeah, Lauren. Yeah. Yep. So I I said, hey, look, man. I I said we, I'll take you to it, and. I don't think he was real keen on hiking back to where it was because he's been seeing several. He's shown me photos, and I said, look, this moose is easily over 190. I don't know if it's pushing two, but I said it's the largest moose, and I, I'm the one that showed Duplan oh, the I record, know. little I dickhead. Know. He didn't tell me they are going to kill it. He said he would take photos <laughs> of it. Um, well, he had the tag, and then his buddy, buddy Bobby did. got the tag yeah. next year. Which I'm killing. Mike and I are friends. I, but it was funny. There is multiple moose of that caliber in those surrounding areas. Yep. The crazy thing is, is in the, well, it's not crazy in the rut, it's a little bit rougher because they're not stopping. And so we saw one, the one moose literally by our camp, walked by our tent. We're like two miles in. We do a big loop that day. That night, little bastards three miles away. Uh, you know, just look, I mean, it's looking for cows. Yeah. Just going on a walkabout. Yeah. That's when, what they do. When they're in the rut, man, it's hard to stay on top of them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're fun to hunt. But like you said, I think September is the time to kill them. If you wait till October, they're on the walkabout. Yeah. Um, that's what happened to Duplan. His, his moose walked over the continental divide and, and yeah. left. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, he killed a great one. I measured that one for him. That was almost 170. That was a great, great moose. And, you know, like I said, I've met him on the internet. That's how weird, that's how long I've known Duplan. When he killed his ram in 2000, he was on monster muleys. Yeah. Was he stirring up shit? Ah, uh, not really. What happened was, is I found, uh, an online thread about this bull elk that was stuck in a wallow. And my buddies and I got the directions from the guy, and we went and found it. We pulled this whole elk out, and I stuck this stick in the damn thing, and it was eight and a half feet deep in the size of a bathtub. And the, posted the pictures online, and they made the rounds, and everybody's like, oh, those guys, they trapped that elk. They dug a wallow and trapped it. And Duplan's like, you freaking idiots. There, there's not a drop of mud on them. You guys would be covered in mud. Yeah. Half of you Utahs would be full of mud. <laughs> and so that's when I was like, I kind of like this guy. So I started messaging him. Um, we became friends since then. And, you know, we've hunted together a couple of times. I'll never forget. He gave me a call. I was hunting fourth rifle. He had a buddy with a bull tag in his little bull hole. And he left a message on my phone. He said, don't shoot a, don't shoot a deer. I found your deer. When yeah. Mike Duplan says, yeah. I found your deer, <laughs> probably should do whatever he says. So yeah. we went and found the deer that he found for me, and I couldn't get a shot at it. Oh, no. How big was he? Uh, 192 and 7 eighths. And yeah. you say, wow, how do you know that? Yeah. Duplan had the sheds. I mean, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he um, had the sheds from the year before, and it's the same exact deer. I've got a picture of it, and I'm like, oh. But yeah. it was 450-something yards. I was carrying my little backpacking you know, I thought I need an ultra lightweight, you know, eight power scope, seven odd eight. I'd taken it to Alaska, killed a doll sheep with it. And I was backpacking in pretty far. So I was like, I can get to 300 yards, 458 and it wouldn't stand still. And I'm like, I, I don't feel comfortable. I was on the side of a hill with, you know, trying to get the, trying to get the rifle steady and it walked over the hill and that, it was gone. But that's probably one of my biggest regrets. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was it. But Mike's like, oh, that's, you know, thanks for not shooting it, wounding it. And I'm like, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. And that was right. I think that was big, big winter of 08, 07, 08. So it went to shit after that. Yeah. Oh, it's been, deer's really bad right now up there in 
middle park and yeah it's it's not a good situation i was just up there this weekend i think i saw i think i saw more foxes than i saw bucks oh no kidding oh yeah it was not it was it's pretty desolate up there he's right definitely now. mike's been talking about it quite a bit as far as the the numbers yeah. going down well i mean that was 08 when i was hunting up there with him and fourth rifle and i mean i had my pick of 170 180s and i was looking for a monster i had that tag two years ago and i stopped i'm like i'm not gonna waste my time going up there i've hunted a couple times now on the eastern plains we got friends with a ranch out there and i love that sand hills canyony that's like spot and stock it's like a sheep hunt in reverse so i'm happy out there right now well you know kind of move and change i tell people i don't go to the same spot i don't know that i've hunted the same spot for anything more than about three or four years in a row if it's if it's not productive go somewhere else yeah yeah it's definitely the i even where we're at uh way up north it's it's um still seeing deer they're just not big yeah you're not seeing the, the larger deer but man we're, we're hitting a 140 like, and we gotta know. have our company meeting here soon so we probably we could talk all day i know you know yeah. that's what goes but hopefully this was informative hopefully you know people are gonna join the rocky mountain bighorn society and yeah list, buy some raffle tickets frank yeah list that one more time and talk so talk about everything yeah bighornsheep.org on the website uh, you can buy raffle tickets off the website you can sign up for our uh membership drive uh one year three years or a life member a life member is going to be eligible for a doll sheep hunt uh one year or five year you're going to get some entries for swarovski binoculars kafara backpack thanks aaron mm-hmm. uh and some sika gear so we're trying to get people to join trying to get people involved you know the more people it, it's not the hunt you get to go on every year so people aren't as keen on like deer and elk you get to go every year this is like this is an investment in, in five to ten to twenty years a lifetime of like you're building something here that you know your kids might benefit from so you know help us out we're you know covid's been sucky so we need some money there you go everybody go go join and buy lots of raffle tickets and if you draw a tag ask uh call uh john legnard and mike duplan don't bug me <laughs> Best, definitely call mike duplan a lot i'll, I'll list his number later oh <laughs> uh, well the man thanks for coming on i appreciate it and uh thanks for plowing my driveway uh that was <laughs> i'm as thankful for that as anything i was like fuck i'm gonna have to shovel this thing <laughs> The day he pulled in, I was driving up and down the road just to flatten it Redneck out. Redneck flattening it. Yeah. Dude, it was probably dumped three feet. Down yeah, there. it was. And you got it. You got a pretty, it's not steep, but it, it gets a little snow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, all right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Go join. And uh, thanks again, John. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks.